we have to have a well-regulated environment in which people are buying and consuming these products because there, there are health risks to this. We know that for a fact. We know that many cannabis products are not legal in the state of Texas. Cannabis for medical use is regulated and it's legal, but not for all patients. Either way, late last year, a medical cannabis company called Texas Original announced the launch of the strongest THC gummy to hit the market in Texas, a 30 milligram product called Blueberry Lemonade. Right off the bat, uh, very high demand within our patient base and within the CUP, so it tells us it was a it was a gap in an area we needed to look into. But state law makes the strongest THC gummy in Texas weak by other standards. States with more relaxed laws allow products containing as much as 3,000 milligrams. I'm Chris Blake, and Texas wants to know, what should consumers know about cannabis in Texas? So technically we should use the word cannabis. Cannabis is an umbrella term, which includes what we commonly call marijuana or hemp. That's Amanda Grace Hughes. She's the communications director for Texans for Responsible Marijuana Policy. So when we're using the term cannabis, we're going to be talking about a plant. When we use the word, when like Mother Nature calls it cannabis, but when we use the words hemp or marijuana, we're typically referring to two different sets of laws or sets of rules or sets of expected intention or use. Okay. So marijuana laws are vastly different in Texas and in the country than hemp laws. That kind of leads me into the first thing I wanted to ask you. And I know this is a very complicated and broad question, but... Uh For the layman, dumb it down. What are the state's marijuana and cannabis laws today? In the state of Texas, our last legislative session in 2023, no changes were made. So our changes statewide have not occurred for cannabis hemp laws since session before 2021. And in 2021, the biggest change was the medical program was expanded a little bit to include additional ailments, additional um, diagnosis, and then also the THC limit was slightly raised. It was doubled, but it was still only a slight raise. Statewide in Texas, possession of marijuana is still a crime period. It's a crime. Now, depending on what jurisdiction you are, who the district attorney is, they do have different policies. In some Texas cities like Austin, Denton, and Colleen, residents have voted to decriminalize marijuana. Lubbock voters will face the same decision in May. But that does not change the law statewide. The big problem is Texas law around this in general The way the law states it and the way they they regulate medical cannabis within the CUP is by percentage weight of the product. And so 1% by weight of the product is more akin to how you'd regulate alcohol, not a pharmaceutical. That's Nico Richardson. I've been CEO here at Texas Original uh, since November of, of 22, so a little over a year at this point. Prior to that, I was a board member, so been involved with the company now for for a few years. A pharmaceutical, you'd measure the amount of active ingredient in that pharmaceutical and then look at a volumetric dosing. So 10 milligrams, 20 milligrams, 30 milligrams, 100 milligrams of active ingredient, not 1% by weight. Our law is just 1% by weight. So these products are well underneath the 1% by weight 
Well, the plant naturally will often have around that and growers strive to try to grow so that it doesn't because then they're, if their plant is over that 0.3%, even if it's 0.31, it's a hot product, it's not legal. So think of like if you're um, in Colorado and you want to get yourself a 10 milligram THC tetrahydrocannabinol, which is uh, gummy, it's pretty small, 10 milligrams. But if you're in Texas, it's going to just be a larger product if it's 10 milligrams of THC because it's going to be 0.3% of a larger volume. So manufacturers can kind of work the system by increasing the size of whatever form you're consuming the THC in. Exactly. But in the state of Texas and other states that don't have um, recreational access to quote-unquote marijuana, and they're able to sell THC products. So when I say THC, I mean tetrahydrocannabinol, and typically I mean Delta-9 tetrahydrocannabinol. That is the component that is psychoactive, that is naturally occurring in marijuana at higher levels and in hemp at lower levels. Texas Original is the medical cannabis provider that launched the 30 milligram gummy. They'd already had a 20 milligram offering as well as tinctures and beverages. What led to its launch is, is R&D and feedback from patients uh, in doses that, that they're requesting, uh, looking at our data, seeing how they are A, being prescribed and how they're consuming their medicine, and then looking at other markets externally and, and seeing what's missing and, and you know, where should we be headed. We released 30 milligram gummy. It's now been a little over a month, I think. The CUP has very strict regulations and our regulator is the DPS, which is the state police, the Department of Public Safety. The CUP is the Compassionate Use Program. It's what physicians and patients have to register through to prescribe or obtain THC products. This product is like releasing any new product. We have to get it pre-approved. We have to test it appropriately. Uh, we have to let the DPS know that we're involved with, with uh, producing a new product in R&D, which we've done. So th there was no major hurdle. State reps introduced House Bill 1805 in the last Texas legislative session in 2023. It would have legalized more potent medical cannabis and changed the way the amount of THC in a product is measured. Like Richardson said, would have replaced the 1% cap on THC with a 10 milligram maximum dose. That one actually did get out of the house, but died in the Senate. That didn't get out of the house. That got out of the house with 127 to 19 vote. That got out of the house with a almost unanimous vote. That first thing that I said earlier about the difference between a percentage by weight limitation and a volumetric cap, it would have clarified that language, which is this this percentage by weight doesn't mean anything. Let's talk about a medical dose is X milligrams. So it's saying a medical dose is 10 milligrams and a doctor can prescribe X number of X number of doses per patient per month. That would have been the much more appropriate way to to measure cannabis. It would have allowed chronic pain patients to be on the condition list. So it would have allowed chronic pain to be on the condition list for the CUP in lieu of an opioid prescription. So if the patient had chronic pain and an opioid prescription, it means they could also be prescribed for medical cannabis. These are two issues that the House deemed to be uh, really good legislation, but the Senate would not uh, put it on the floor for a vote. You know, through our process of, of whipping votes, there was wide bipartisan support for in the Senate as well, but we never got to see that that vote take place. What are some of the headwinds 
you're running into when it comes to getting things across the finish line? I think that there was a difficult relationship between the House and Senate this last legislative session, and a lot of the hostage bills ended up getting shot, is what it felt like. Uh, but it's very disappointing to, and not just disappointing for us, more importantly, it's disappointing for Texans and, you know, a whole host of potential CUP patients that are now sourcing cannabis or, God forbid, increasing their opioid dosages because they weren't allowed access to medical cannabis, which I, I just, it, I still find it hard to believe that that, that piece of legislation didn't, didn't make it further. What are some of its uses? What conditions can it help treat? What's your patient base kind of look like? Or what conditions are they treating? Texas is, uh, does not mirror the rest of the country, right? Uh, the rest of the country, I think your, your largest single patient base that, that's going to be treated with medical cannabis is typically chronic pain. Um, but it, it does apply to a number of different conditions. Uh, Texas has not legalized, uh, has not included chronic pain in the, in the condition set as a condition itself. It is a symptom of many of the conditions that our patients have. Conditions that are on it that we see lots of patients, PTSD, all forms of cancer, neurodegenerative diseases, basically any incurable neurodegenerative disease. And then actually large buckets are things like peripheral neuropathy, uh, muscle spasticity. While patients need a prescription to get medical cannabis in Texas, any adult can get other products like Delta 8 and Delta 9. They're selling D8. They're selling hemp-derived Delta 9 from other states. They're selling THCA flour. So what are kind of the differences in those different products? Delta 9 is just THC that's derived from the plant. THC, Delta 9, Delta 9 is Delta 9 THC. They're, they're, they're one and the same. Delta 8, a lot of these places will tell you is a hemp-derived cannabinoid. It is not. Delta-8 is a synthetic cannabinoid. The plant produces such tiny, minuscule amounts, trace amounts of Delta-8 in it, that if you were to actually try and extract that from the plant, those gummies would be a thousand bucks each. But that's not what they're doing. What they're doing is they're taking CBD, and if you wash it with a Lewy acid, it knocks off an isomer of THC, which is Delta-8. So they're washing CBD with an acid and making Delta-8. That is why Delta-8 is so dangerous. My recommendation, my personal belief is do not inhale synthesized products. If you want to use these psychoactive um, Texas-grown products, use tinctures, use edibles, something that your liver can kind of detox for you and take care of that. It's not the same as just purchasing a high THC flower in a legal state or off the black market that's quote-unquote marijuana. If it's sold in a hemp store, then it is lab process, it, it, they ca I'm calling it a synthesized, it's actually kind of an isomer, meaning it's not all fake. It was it was created from an actual cannabinoid um, that turned into something psychoactive, not naturally occurring in the plant. Clear as mud? Yes, exactly. I do think this will come to a head in the next year or two, both at the federal level and at the state level, because the federal farm bill never intended this to happen with him. And the state hemp bill never intended for this to happen with hemp. They thought they were legalizing a industrial hemp industry. They didn't think they were legalizing a Wild West 
you know, sell whatever intoxicating products you want with no safety measures and no testing. Nobody would agree to that. If you put that in a bill, that gets voted down 99 to 1. So that's where we are now in this. You're, you're asking what the difference is? The main difference is there's a clean, reliable, state-sanctioned, tested system that's re well-regulated, which is the CUP. And then there is a system out there of sort of roll the dice and see what you get. According to polling conducted last year by the Hobby School of Public Affairs at the University of Houston, 82% of Texans support medical marijuana, while 67% said recreational should be legal for those 21 and older. And 81% said small amounts should be punishable by a citation. What does that say about the way the public's attitude towards cannabis use has changed over the last, I don't know, six years since Texas Original has been around? Look, even since before that, you know, going back to, to 2014, 2015, the attitudes nationally and within Texas have changed dramatically. Uh, and they were already moving in that direction for 10 years before that. We want broad scale medical legalization. Why? Because I think generally people are more aware of what they're putting in their bodies these days and would rather be advocating and utilizing plant-based medicines where they can. Doesn't mean it solves everything, but does it help so that you can minimize the load of pharmaceuticals that you're taking? A lot of the times, yes. I think that's helped from the medical side. Uh, from the recreational side, I think you see people substituting for alcohol, especially Gen Z. You know, there's just much more overall awareness towards health. I mean, they're incredibly more open. As the baby boomer generation gets older, you know, they're retired, so they don't have to worry about drug testing. They're not going to get arrested in their own homes, and they have more ailments. And they have Gen X kids like me that can tell them, hey, mom, this is legal. This is try this. Let me bring you this. Try this. I hate that you're taking all these medications. Let's try this instead. While reporting this story, I wanted to talk to someone who used these products on their own. I ran into James at a shop in Dallas. What types of products do you use in your personal life? The Delta 9 THC is probably usually my favorite. It's the hemp-derived version of um, the regular stuff, so to speak. There's lots of like different blends that I quite enjoy of different molecules. Like the THCP tends to help the other Delta 8s and other, other stuff like that work stronger overall. Yeah, I guess otherwise it just depends on, on the mood if I want like an edible or a vapor product, something like that. He said he's noticed similar trends in the variety of people trying things out. People I wouldn't usually expect to get stoned in any capacity. Like my grandma's friend, she uh, she uses some of the Delta 8 gummies for uh, for helping her with her sleep. She takes a half one, the whole one made her stay up and keep eating snacks all night. So it was a little counterintuitive to its use. But when she goes with her half dose gummy, it helps her out a lot. James offered just one example of Texas turning to cannabis for a variety of reasons, not just recreation. CBD happens to be incredibly anti-inflammatory. Lots and lots of science shows that it is also really good for seizure activity and anxiety. So if you're a person that wants to control inflammation, which is pain or anxiety, um, which is mood, then you can often use a non-psychoactive compound such as CBD for that. So Delta 9, specifically Delta 9 THC, is often used to sort of manipulate the the dream state so that you have less nightmares if you're a person that has like PTSD or something. And then there's, we could get into the cancer research 
that's behind a lot of this. There's a lot of cancers, specifically gut cancer and brain cancers that have been successfully treated with various cannabinoids. So the big picture in this world, in this country also is, they say we don't have enough research to change the laws. And I say that we can't do the research if we don't change the laws because who's gonna put their lab or their company out there to, to do the research when it's federally illegal? Kind of a chicken or egg argument. Totally. The answer is always chicken to that, by the way. <laughs> always. I'm Chris Blake at News Radio 1080 KRLD in Dallas, Fort Worth. Thanks for joining me for Texas Wants to Know. If you like the show, please give us a rating and a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I wrote, edited, and produced this episode with editorial support from Cooper Mall and original music by Michael Eisenstein. Odyssey's managing producer for national news podcasts is Myron Kaplan.